Hi, this is a message from Life Church Leeds. We hope it encourages and helps you. Fantastic. Well, you can grab your seats. Abs is just going to come and join me, aren't you? And thank everyone for being here. Are you going to come and... Round of applause for Abigail Niblock. She, um, she, she doesn't actually have a middle name. But she feels shortchanged. So it's David Campbell Niblock and all our kids have middle names. But why, why did that not happen? Is it a Welsh thing or...? I think my name is Suffice. Oh... What does Abigail mean? Father's joy, which reminded my dad many a time. I am your joy, dad. And he was like... Um, But we do want to thank you for being here tonight on a Wednesday night. I know it's flipping freezing outside. And uh, it means a lot for you to be here on a Wednesday night and gather like you are. A little bit lopsided, we always are on this Wednesday night. They're packed out in the corner here and looks like nobody's in church over here. Um, so if you, do, if, you do, if you do want to migrate, for those of you OCD people, it's just not quite level, um, feel free to do that. But we are grateful for you being here. And um, tonight, we're going to share some stuff with you, uh, like we always do. And I uh, want to be honest and transparent and open, and hopefully share uh, maybe what God has spoken to us. And hopefully we can share that, the job of leaders to share that with the church and encourage uh, the church with that. And so um, we're excited about tonight and I hope you are. I hope you're enthusiastic about tonight. And, and I know others of you, stuff, there's stuff going on in people's worlds. We're aware of that. On Sunday, we told the church of the passing of our brother, Alan, who died on, um, on, on Saturday, late Saturday night, early Sunday morning. And um, obviously many of us carry that in our heart. And so it's, it's getting that I wouldn't say balance, but understanding how we can still be enthusiastic and excited for the future while also being aware of situations in the room that people carry. But what I love about Alan and being in this house is that this house was helped shape him into community and brought him into great belonging. And so part of our responsibility as a church is to keep growing the church and keep moving the church forward so that people find a home in this place. And so we thank you for your enthusiasm. We thank you for your excitement to be here. And um, just so you know, social media is not banned tonight. Okay. Uh, photos are not banned. And so be free to do what you want, be who you want to be. And, uh, and um, just, uh, yeah, I'm just saying it's, it's, it's a public evening. Okay. There's nothing tonight, which is like private, please lock it into the room. Okay. Tonight is not on Zoom. Um, but we will be uh, recording to this evening and uh, this will be available if there are people in your household or friends who want to grab hold of something and um, listen to it. And so, uh, yeah, we're going to be good. But before we kick in, we're going to have first time ever what's called a trustees update. Okay. And uh, give it up for Faluke Oshin and she's just going to give us, she's going to give us a brief update on what's going on. Hi everybody. Good to see you all. So, uh, Just to give you an update from the last time we were here. Um, So one of the things we talked about was uh, establishing the board of trustees. I think we introduced you to the three of us. There are still only three of us. But, but, and and Dave. (laughs) But you're here, you're always here. Um, And we are still looking for at least one more um, who we want to be somebody who's external to the church, who will, as in somebody who is a Christian, just to be clear... But not within the church, just to bring a bit of independence to the work we do. So that search is ongoing. Um, The other thing that we've been doing is um, sending in our application to the Charity Commission. So that is in. 
We signed loads of forms. They now know my inside leg measurement. They know everything about me. Um, so, and the other trustees, including Dave. Um, so that's gone. And we're starting to work on policies and procedures. And you might ask, well, why do you need to do that? Well, for those of you that have children, you want to be sure that our safeguarding processes are good and in the right place. You want to be assured that we've got um, security around insurance and those sorts of things. And we are going to be an employer. So we want to make sure we have the right process in for people who are employed in the church. So loads of procedures and policies to go through. And I'm always delighted to receive emails from Dave with loads of attachments. But that's all good. And uh, we're also now working on our financial systems as well, just to make sure that by the time we're ready to press the button to say we're good to go, then all of that is in place. So just so you know that there's loads of things going on in the background that we're trying to just make sure that we're in a good state to be ready to go and all the boring stuff that Dave and Abs aren't going to talk about because they're going to talk about the exciting things now. So over back to you, Dave. Come on, round of applause. Thank you. How many of you know you need boring stuff to make the exciting stuff work? Otherwise, if, all, if it's all exciting, we'll probably end up in prison within a couple of months. And so we want to make sure the, business, the boring stuff keeps us out of prison um, and alive. And um, John Knight, stand up. He's out of the trustee. Round of applause for John. And <laughs> Thank you, John. Alison Beckwith, wherever you are. I've seen you somewhere. There you are, Alison. Fantastic. I want to read one verse to you. In fact, two verses from Psalm 27, verses 1 to 2. Psalm 27, verses 1 to 2. That's not right. That's not what I want to read to you. Um, I've written it down wrong. But what I tell you the verse does say, the Bible says, <laughs> in Psalms, it's a good start. Ha, that's the first time I've ever done that, you know. This is, this is the Lord humbling me on the first ever The Bible says, unless the Lord builds the house, its laborers labor in vain. Then the Bible also says, unless, you know, the Lord watches and guards over the city, we also guard over the city basically in vain. I think what the psalmist is basically saying, Psalm 127, that was the mistake I made. Psalm 127, not 27, is basically saying if God is not involved, and not just involved, but at the spearhead of this, we are screwed anyway. There's no point. It's a waste of time. Unless the Lord builds its house, its labour is labour in vain. I think another way of putting it is this. This belongs to God. This belongs to God. We are builders of the house and we are guards in our city but only because God is building and God is watching this city over us and how many of you are grateful for that because we don't want the we don't want we don't want the pressure of the whole building of this house to be simply on us or our leaders or our staff or our trustees also the responsibility of God and the city all on us I I don't know about you but I'm human I I don't have the ability and the strength to necessarily carry that but if we know God is with us our Emmanuel I tell you what that really helps and so on the outset of tonight I'm just going to talk about really briefly a few things that we are not before we talk about what we are is that okay you might think that's a strange way to start but I feel like we're just going to start that way Therefore, we are not the saviour to this city. Okay? I think it's worth just saying that. This church, and whatever this church becomes, is not, unfortunately, be good if we were, 
but it is not the saviour to the city. This church is not the answer to this city's problems, and this church is not the hope of Leeds. And you might think that sounds disappointing and a discouraging way to start the night, but I kind of want to lay out our expectations. <laughs> because what we are is we are not the saviour to this city, but we are servants to this city. Okay, we are not the answer to the city's problems, but we are a support and we are a strength to many of the city's problems. And we are not the hope of Leeds because ultimately we are bringers of the hope to this city. We are bringers of the hope. His name is Jesus. And so I think it's worth identifying what we are not because I think there's a, sometimes when you venture out into something new, you can sometimes become so like, so, so fast and so energetic and so almost like, you know, when you start a new job, like I'm going to become the boss in two weeks or, you know, I, I, I'm gonna, we're going to take on the world. And I, I kind of, I love the enthusiasm and we want to be enthusiastic and we want to be passionate and we want to believe that God could, you know, do something incredible through our lives working together. But there's also that needs to be uh, coined with and, and really breathed in and, and rooted in what I'd call biblical godly humility and understanding that we are one of the churches in this city playing a part with so many other churches. Bridge Street Church, which has been here 120 years or so, make it a fantastic impact. Leeds Vineyard, making an amazing impact. Mosaic Church in Leeds, which is a brilliant church. South Parade Baptist Church, now Cornerstone, which was my first ever church in Leeds when I first got here. Moortown Baptist, so many that, you know, we could go on and on. We are, with them, contributors to that. Does that make sense? So let's pray and then we'll leave. I'm just joking. (laughs) So, I know many of you have come here waiting for an answer. You've come here wanting to know something. I know that because many of you have been messaging me the whole time. Dave, I need to ask you this. What's it going to be? What's it going to be? And, and we know, we know, we know. And so we understand where you're at. And so we're going to tell you now what coffee we're going to be serving um, in a few weeks time. Um, no, we are going to tell you the name. But before we, we do show you this, it, it's... I don't know, coming up with a name is kind of, it's been one of the most daunting things we've had to do. And I don't know what it is about names for churches, but like a lot of the good ones have already been taken. <laughs> Alive Lincoln has been taken. Um, our friends from Alive Lincoln are here. Good to have you here, guys. Thank you for joining us. Um, they're here for support before some of you start, oh, what's going on in Lincoln? Oh, no, no. <gasps> chill out okay they're here because we're friends but it's kind of quite daunting a little bit like coming up name because it, it's got to be cool once if it's too cool once if it's not cool enough and like you're in this kind of thing and uh, I suppose a while ago um, and I don't want to say like God told me this okay so you know I don't think he did but um, I think maybe there was some stuff that was in my heart and what was maybe me and Abs were thinking about and talking about and praying about and just seeing and sensing. And so we sensed um, this and we've kind of tried to get better and think of alternatives and speak to people about that. And, but we just keep coming back to the simplicity of what we're going to share with you. And for some of you, this is going to be like, you're going to be like, yes, that's awesome. Some of you are going to be like, Ugh. 
I thought it would be some like Latin French combined word that we've never heard of. Like, Ikisopatiko church. You're going to be really disappointed. Okay. And so some of you are going to be like, thumbs up. Some of you are like, very underwhelming. And the reality is, it is what it is. Okay. And there are some incredibly great names of restaurants that serve terrible food. And there are some restaurants with the worst names you've ever seen that serve some of the most beautiful food in the world. And so we are not all about the name, but I tell you what, a name is important because a name is ultimately how we are identified. And so the good thing about this church building and the location of it, we, I, I speak to so many of you who consistently sometimes say you were on a bus coming down Kirkstall Road and you see our big LED sign which is always lit, Life Church and you go on social media, you go on a website and the next Sunday you're here and a year later you're getting baptised. And so it is important because it identifies, it helps identify and if you spoke to people who work in Leeds, I'm sure most of them are aware that there's a church on Kirkstall Road called Life Church. How do I know that? Because many, many of you, when you get Uber taxis you just say life church and they just go there on Kirkstall Road they don't even have to put it in their maps because we are identified by that name a name connects us to our identity and if you think through the New Testament you had what the church in Ephesus and you had the church in Corinth and you had the church in Philippi and you you had these churches which were renowned and which had a name and and whether they had names above that and good thing about those churches they didn't have social media accounts (laughs) which are from the devil um But they had a name. And so a name is important. And um, the church in Leeds is ultimately where we are based. Don't worry, that's not the name. But a church, the word of it is ecclesia. Ecclesia means a particular body of faithful people. And at the outset of tonight, we want to say we are so proud and privileged to be part of a team which helps lead a particular body in this room and more who are not in this room tonight of faithful people. And I love the fact that Ecclesia literally means that it is a body of faithful people and you are that and we are that together. And so we're truly blessed. And so the name of our church moving forward, okay? You ready for this? We we haven't got a drum roll, but you can do a drum roll on your thing. And just to tell you now, just so you know, hold on, stop, 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 stop. We're going to go for an ad break now, okay? Join us after the adverts. This is not our brand, okay? This is not our branding. When I say brand, this is not the logo. It's not the design, okay? That will happen over the next few weeks in terms of the artistic thing to make it stand out and strong. This is just us writing it on a screen. And um, also what we're going to do tonight when we leave, we're going to give everything we share to you on a piece of paper so you can remember it in case you're struggling to take notes. So anyway, I'll stop waffling. The name of the church moving forward is going to be on the screen... Boom, there it is, North Church. Round of applause for North, 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 North Church. Thumbs up, thumbs down. Oh, you... <laughs> oh, funny. Why are we called North Church? Which we think very quickly we will just be known as North. Okay? If you think of other churches maybe that you're familiar or familiar with, it's kind of just becomes what you are in the North. And so when I put it like this, I'll talk about why we are called North Church just to help simplify it. There is some reasons. It's not just because we, you know, 
had a North Face jacket one day and thought, oh, that'll do. We're called North Church, number one, because ultimately we find our true North in Jesus. Jesus is our true North. Jesus is our constant, unchanging source of truth and life. Hebrews 13, 8, we know what it says. Jesus, the same yesterday, today, and forever. And in an uncertain, shaking, changing world, there is something good about knowing where your true north is. That no matter how unstable things become, no matter how dodgy or how quirky things become, we can find our true north in Jesus. There's a great lyric that I love in a Hillsong United song called Captain And I encourage you to listen to it. It's a beautiful song, but there's a few lines in it. It says this, Lost in the shallows amidst fear and fog, your truth is the compass that points me back north. I love that line because we believe there are going to be people who are lost in fear and lost in the fog who are going to find this place, a compass that points me and points them back north. So number one, we find our true north in Jesus. Another reason we're called North Church, number two, is because it's geographical. Guess where we live? Up north. We're up north. Spell N-O-R-F, okay? We're in the north. And so we are based in the north, and we want to be a church home for people who call the north their home. And so I know we're in Leeds, but we're also aware there are many of you who come from outside of Leeds, but still classify yourself as people in the north. And so it is geographical. And thirdly, this third reason was probably the one that stirred in me and Abs the most, and the people that we've shared it with, because we didn't just say we're going with it, whether you like it or not. We did collaborate and speak to people. Third reason is this. We believe God could pour out his spirit in the north. And just imagine around the world, people talking about what God is doing in the north of England. Because often it's always other places or other countries or other parts of the world. But have you heard what God is doing in the north of England? Have you heard what God's up to in the north? Have you heard of the salvations in the north? and so when you put it like this, if, you, if I put some phrases, it kind of, I think what you'll find is this will grow on you. I think it'll be something that grows on you and sustains over years to come rather than coming up with some cool, quirky, creative name and that after six months we go, what did we do? I think this is strong and will sustain us. And so I put these phrases like this. I belong to North. I got saved at North. We experienced an outpouring of the Spirit of God at North. We met and got married Amen, for some of you. We met and got married at North. And so that is, when you start putting it into phrases, I think over time this name will grow on you. So, thumbs up. Okay, maybe about a year ago, maybe you might remember I shared a message called our vision and our values and I shared that to our church because we really felt sense that um, there was a leading sometimes with our vision at the expense of our values and the vision was often dragging the values along and 
you know, whatever our target was or whatever we wanted to reach. It's like, let's just get there. Let's just make the business work at the expense of honesty or at the expense of anything it might be. But I just sense the shifting that, you know what, the Beatitudes when it says Jesus sat down and just spoke his first ever sermon. I mean, what an opportunity to cast vision. The first ever sermon Jesus speaks. And what does he do? He sits down on a rock and he says, blessed are the poor in spirit. And he talks for chapters, you know, a couple of chapters, just a time of, you know, an opportunity for him to say, we're going to do this and then we're going to do this and then we're going to reach the world and then we're going to establish the church. And he doesn't say any of that. He just talks about the values of what it is to be in the kingdom of God. What it is to be a follower of God. What blesses and what what blesses the heart of God. And he just shares that because really, what he was emphasising are values that these are important. These are key. And so it was good because a year ago, when we kind of I think it must have been a year ago, maybe when I preached that message, that is helping us shape really what we are communicating to night. And so before we share a little bit briefly about our vision, we just want to talk a little bit about our values. And another word for our values might be called our priorities. Okay, so you might be interchanged then, but these are our values. These are our priorities. This is the why. And when push comes to shove, oh, by the way, I was meant to put a text number up. If any of you have any questions, we're going to have some time for Q&A at the end. So if you do have number, there's a take that if you want to ask any questions about anything that we are speaking about tonight. Okay, you know, try and make it relevant to this evening uh, with your questions rather than please. Could you tell us about the second coming of Christ? Because that's not going to help tonight. But if you do have any questions, text them into that and Tyrone will ask them at the end of what I was going to say. Sorry, I was meant to say that earlier. When push comes to shove, you can't budge us on these things that I'm about to communicate now, okay? Like when I say you can't budge us, it's like, no, like, I'm sorry, but we're not, we're not going to compromise on these things. These things are vital. These things are important to us. No amount, no amount, no amount of pressure, no amount of money, no amount of current trends, should knock us off our values. Neither should they knock you off your personal values. No amount of pressure, no amount of money that your employer wants to give you should ever knock you off your personal values. If that's a value that you have, hold to that value. Sure, you might get a few more quid, you might get a few more followers, but you've got to hold on to your values. It is what matters most to us. And when we established our values that we're going to speak now, we didn't just pluck what seems to be cool. I think we wanted to see what made Jesus tick. What was life like for the disciples? What was life like for the early church? Those first followers of Jesus, what was life like with him? The undiluted first people to follow Christ. Think about that. Those first followers of Christ. You know, like moments when they were with him, but also when he's ascended into heaven. Those, they, you know, they, they are so, so undiluted in their fellowship of Christ. Trying to think what is that what are those priorities and what are those values and so um, these are simple as well and the reason they're simple is because well we want you to remember them but these are things that you won't budge us on okay first one is really simple it is the name of Jesus okay Jesus is who we love to follow Jesus is who we love to follow the fellowship of Christ is central to our life and you will not budge us on our value of our priority to what? Become followers of Jesus. And that is not something that we begrudgingly do. That is something that we love to do. Jesus is who we love to follow. Making sense? You can give some response and help me feedback a little bit. That would be helpful at times. 
Jesus is who we love to follow, number one. The second one is this. People are who we love to serve. Okay? That got a round of applause. Jesus, you'll have to wait a little bit more time. People are who we love to serve. The greatest among you must become a servant. We serve people inside the house and we serve people outside the house. And I love our serving ethic as a church. I think since we started from a basement days, going into hotels, nightclubs, you name it, we've been there around the city of Leeds. There's not a venue we probably haven't been to. It is had, we've, had no, we've had no option other than to roll up our sleeves and serve, practically. From driving vans to lifting big flight cases out on a cold Sunday morning at 7am and it dropping on your toe, to serving coffees, to leading people to Christ, to serving in so many ways. And that's not just on a Sunday, but through midweek and not just through church activities, but serving people with your everyday life. I love the serving ethic I always have done of this church. And if we stop serving, we become a club. (laughs) And we're never going to become a club. Okay? If we stop serving, we become a club. People are who we love to serve. So Jesus, number one. People, number two. There's four of these, by the way. Number three. The word is how we love to grow. The word is how we love to grow. Everybody say love to grow. What does Jesus say? It is written. It is written. Meditate on the word day and night from beginning to end. From the Bible, we realise that the word of God is how we grow. The word of God is how we thrive. The word of God is how we flourish. And in a world where the word of God is belittled or laughed at or deemed insignificant or deemed invaluable at North Church, we want to make sure that we raise the value and raise the, raise the, uh, the weight of the word of God because that is how we grow. Sure, Jordan Peterson can help you in parts of your your life and F2 on YouTube can help you in parts of your life or whoever your self-coach, life coach might be. I'm not belittling any other input that we get, but ultimately I believe we are created as spiritual beings to grow with food from the word. And so we won't be budged on the word, not just reading the word, but talking about the word, singing the word teaching the word, living with the word. So the word of God is going to be something that, guess what, we're proud of and we will speak about and we will communicate. It is a value to us. Fourth and final value is community. It's how we love to live. Community is how we love to live. You know what? Jesus loved the table. We want time on tables. When I talk about tables, I'm talking about dining tables, coffee tables, snooker tables, table tennis tables. I can't think of any more. You get what I'm trying to say. We want to do life with each other. And guess what? We love doing life with each other. As the world becomes more detached, more isolated, more face on screen... Let's love community, our common unity. Let's be people who 
don't just tolerate those things, but that's why we've put like the same word in each one of them. It is what we love to follow, who we love to serve, who we, how we love to grow and how we love to live. And so if you cut open our church, hopefully, now we are establishing this. So don't come in four weeks and go, hey, you know, we're not loving our community like we should be. We, we need to get there. You're probably right. <laughs> These are values that are going to be established over time. But right from the outset, wherever we do life, wherever we build church, wherever we do community, can I encourage us? These things are central to who we want to be as a church. Is this making sense? Ultimately, the aim is that this creates in our church these values because there's a reason why we have values, there's a reason why a business has values, there's a reason why every organisation has values. Ultimately, the aim is what this creates in our church is will, will it, will what I'd call character that ultimately guides our culture. It will be character that guides our culture. What is culture? Culture is really character in action. And, and we've, we've spoken, I remember uh, not long ago here on a, on a soul night, talking about how culture is not simply the environment that we create, but culture is the character that we keep. It's not just some environment we create with some nice lights and some good instruments and some good colours and some good branding on the walls. No, that's artwork. That's stylistic design. That might be, you know, decor and they might help reinforce the culture. But there's no point having great paintwork and great artwork and great signage and great branding if we're all unkind people, if we're all miserable, not lovers of Jesus, not devoted to his word, all selfish, isolated people, but we have a fantastic website and an amazing LED screen. No, it, the culture is the character we keep. And if our culture is not about Jesus, if our culture is not about people, if our culture is not servant-hearted, if our culture is not relationally led and established in community, guess what? It's not our culture. And the good thing is we've had years to establish our culture and culture has to be journeyed over time. So most people, when they start a new church, they start with a few people in their lounge and like can really kind of build the culture, showing what it is to be hospitable and show what it is to be generous and show what it is to be kind. And, you know, you start it with five and then six and then eight and then 20 and then 30. And it's kind of an easier process. I suppose we're trying to reestablish the culture, which has been building over years, but now really putting clarity to it with hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people. And so the importance is that we carry this culture in our heart. And like I say, culture has to be journeyed. It's easy to say we have this culture, but that culture sometimes needs to go through the fire. And when it goes through the fire is really the testing of our culture. You know, it's easy to say we're kind people, but can we still be kind under pressure? It's easy to say we're generous people, but can we be generous people when we, have not, when we feel we have very little left? It's easy to say, you know, we'll all give all of our time, but can we, you know, do we still give our time when everything else is calling for our time? And so when, you're, when our culture is under fire, through the fire, that's really where it gets journeyed and also almost where it gets refined and even becomes a bit more beautiful. And so that is our name and that is our values or our priorities. And so now our vision. Our vision is our purpose. Our values are our why and our vision is our what. Okay, And our vision is really simple. In fact, we've kind of boiled it down to three words. Okay, 
And like many of you might have questions on this, that's fine. That's why there's a text number there. And Tyrone is going to answer them all by himself at the end of this session. And this, I suppose, has been something that I've not been able to shake for a long time. And it kind of, it kind of I suppose, there's a reason why. And many of you know my story of when I came here as a student, when I was 19, and my mum drove me down Kirkstall Road. I'd never been to Leeds in my life, but something butterfly started to kick off. When I was on this road, Kirkstall Road, as a 19-year-old, never been here, never been to any church, ended up living in Kirkstall Brewery, the university residence, two miles down the road, spent a year there. Started engaging in a church in Bradford, Abundant Life Church, because I struggled to connect in Leeds, but over there, but always living in Leeds at the time. And then however many years later, 18 years later, find ourselves building a church on, guess where? Kirkstall Road. And guess who our neighbour was? Was move Kirkstall Brewery, where I was living, on now our next door neighbour. Just a coincidence. And it probably is, and it well could be. But it's a beautiful coincidence. And so I've always kind of sensed this in, in our heart. And so uh, the vision really, and I'm going to break it down because I'll, I'll obviously need to show you why this is and what comes from it. But it's going to be these three words, okay? A church, North Church, for the city. For the city. Now, when we say for the city, obviously we're based in Leeds, but we are aware there are many of you who don't live in the city of Leeds. You have a different postcode, and that is totally understood and also noted. And so when we say we are for the city, that is not exclusive to the city of Leeds, but represents where you do life with people. It represents the city or the town or the village where you do life, that you are the church in that community. Guess what? You are for them. And when we came up with this for the city, really what the basis of us was a real strong desire to engage with the people of the city. Not just, to, not just to live in a silo on Kirkstall Road somewhere. We have our, you know, holy little parties in here, you know, and, and, and drink our nice tea and coffee at the end of the service and go home and nobody ever experiences the kingdom of God that lies within you or nobody experiences the church that you represent or nobody gets to know the Jesus that you know. We really have a strong desire to engage with the people of the city. A church not against the city, but a church working Come on, we can do better than that. A church working for the city. For the city to turn to Jesus. For the city to prosper. For the city to be better as a result of us being here. And when I think of institutions in Leads, and I think those things will come up on the next slide for the, you know, to turn to Jesus, for the city to prosper, for the city to be better as a result of us being here. And what I'd say, the, the last one for the city, dot, 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 guess what that's for? That's for you. <laughs> the part that you're going to play in the city. Because for some of you, you have a heart for drug addicts. For some of you, you have a heart for maybe people coming out of prison. For some of you, you have a heart for certain communities in our city. For some of you, you have a heart for the business leaders in our city. For some of you, you have a heart for education in our city. What this enables you to go is, for my heart to be active in the church, it is also for the city to... That is not just doing what we've decided we're going to do, but it enables you to shape the God-given dream and gifting that is in your heart to accomplish for the city. 
When I think of institutions in Leeds, you think of Leeds University. Think of Leeds Leeds United Football Club. Don't laugh there. (laughs) You think of you think of Leeds City Centre. You think of you know Leeds Playhouse, don't you, Kalani? West Yorkshire Playhouse. You think of these things, Leeds Town. You see these institutions round a part, and what do they do? They add value to the city. They add value to the city. They benefit the city. When I was thinking about the early church in Jerusalem, man, you can't tell me they didn't add value to Jerusalem. The widows that they started serving and the people that they started raising to life and the guy who's crippled and Peter and John say, give me your hand. And immediately he rises up and he's walking and praising God and the word that goes forth. And I know they experienced persecution and I know they experienced opposition, but I think there was a benefit for that city of the church of Jesus Christ being there. And so we want our church to benefit the city. Jeremiah 29 verse 7, Seek the peace and prosperity of the city to which I have carried you into exile. Pray to the Lord for it, because if it prospers, you too will prosper. So we have a responsibility as a church, I believe that, to be a church which is for the city. Those of you that are in our church in 2014, I don't know if any of you remember this, but I once did a four-week teaching series. I think you can get it on CD or tape. Um, (laughs) And it was called Imagine a Place. And it was basically trying to help us imagine a place, imagine a city, imagine a town, imagine a village, imagine a street, imagine a school, imagine a neighborhood, imagine, imagine a place where just things are kicking off, where things are beginning to happen, where... God is just at work in a business meeting and God is at work, you know, in a school canteen and, and God is at work in the education aspects and, and, the, and the NHS and our hospitals and, and our police services and our sporting teams and that God wouldn't just, you know, be at work for an hour and a half on a Sunday morning in this place, but God would be at work through all of your lives. Imagine a place. Imagine, and the reason I have to say imagine, because the reality is, let's be honest, we're not experiencing that every day. I know some of us see some great things and have some great conversations, and you might have brought someone a coffee today, and that's amazing, keep doing that. (laughs) But how many of you know there is also more? There's also more, and the little steps that we do contribute to that. But can you imagine a place like the early church in Jerusalem, where the Bible says every day people were being added to the house of the Lord? Every day they were meeting in the temple courts. Every day there were conversations being had. Every day there were people going, what's going on here? Every day there were people saying, we're in need. Every day, every day, every day. Imagine a place. So how do we do that? We need to focus. And what you focus on develops. And so we have our name, we have our values, we have our vision. And third and final thing that we're going to share with you tonight is what we're going to call our pursuit. Another word that you might have heard previously, maybe in other churches or organizations, is mission. Our mission. And I like the word mission, um, but maybe mission sounds a little bit too... (laughs) Military that we're all kind of marching on, you know, in a straight line together. <laughs> Come on, Kalani, keep going straight. <laughs> but I think there's something nice about the word our pursuit. Something that as a church we haven't reached yet. We haven't quite got there yet. But I tell you what, we're going to keep running towards that place. Our pursuit. 
It is where we move towards. And we haven't attained this yet. We are on a journey there. And our pursuit is really our journey towards our purpose of being a church for the city. And I think this is what's going to get some of your juices flowing, if that's the right phrase to use. This is what's going to go, oh, yeah, I like that. Because we're going to break it down. And Abs is going to come and join me to do these um, 12. Uh, we'll just do it standing up here, Abs. And um, took a long time to get here, but we got here. We got here. Man. It's like a bride walking down the aisle, just making me wait. And so there were... 12 tribes of Israel, there were 12 disciples, there were 12 days of Christmas. Is it 12? Yeah, what else is there 12? 12 in a rugby league team, I think. I think it's 12 in a rugby league team. 13, sorry, 13, ignore that. Anyway, there are 12 things that we pursue. And we've not come up with 12 because we think it's a biblical number. These were the things that we just think these are going to help us on our pursuit towards our purpose. And we just wanted to break these down to you. And really, this is the how, okay? If the purpose, if our vision is our what and our values are our why, I suppose this pursuit is the how. This is making sense? We're nearly done, don't worry. Okay, the first thing is this. It's going to come up on a screen. A community of all kinds of people who love all kinds of people. I like that one. And that's why we put it first. What I've always loved about this church, guess what? It is all kinds of people. And that is what makes it beautiful. That is what brings the richness and the diversity to it. Like, you, you can be in a conversation with four different people and it's just like, what, converse, what is going on here? But there is something great about the diversity and the difference of opinion the difference maybe in political view, the difference in definitely football sporting teams, the difference in maybe understanding and just um, priorities of, of different things in life. And I know sometimes they talk about, you know, culture and you know, culture needs to be so thick, you know, so thick that you, you know, that we all think the same and we all walk the same and we all talk the same, we all dress the same, we all praise the same, and we all look the same. And like, I kind of understand that maybe from a business perspective, but when I kind of think of the church, I like I sometimes struggle to connect the two. Because when you get to heaven, <laughs> how many of you know it's going to be all kinds of people? Every tribe, thank you, Dan. Every tribe, that's why he's here. Every tribe and every tongue. And I think we want to be a church, a community of all kinds of people who love all kinds of people. Ready for the next one? I am. Is it coming up there? Oh, it should be. A community of kind, humble, confident, and generous people who love to give their lives to serve God. Who wouldn't want to be part of something like that? Who wouldn't want to raise their kids in an environment where there's kindness and there's humility? And there's a confident, you know, sometimes as Christians we're like meek and mild. No, there's a confident that we can walk into places with a confident, they're generous people that would love to give their lives to serve God and the purposes of God in our generation. Amen. Number, number three. Number three is this, 
A community of people who aim to grow and live Christ-like in character and deed, empowered by the Holy Spirit. We've got to grow to live Christ-like. That's the aim, surely. To be more like Jesus. Not to be more like somebody else, but to be more like Jesus in character, in who he was, and indeed in what he did. How do we do that? By being empowered by being empowered by the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit who dwells within us, the fire of the Holy Spirit, the beauty of the Holy Spirit within you is ultimately how it helps shape our character and our deed. And so we believe that is who we want to also pursue and what we want to pursue. Number four, a community of people who love to worship. Come on. And uh, we're blessed with great musicianship and great singers. But actually, guys, we're the worship leaders. These guys up here facilitate so much. But wouldn't it be amazing to be part of a community that inside each one of us, that we personally are fanning into flame, is a deep desire to be worshippers of Jesus Christ, to be found in his presence, worshipping on a Tuesday afternoon, when we're driving around, that we are passionate worshippers. And that looks different for all of us. That looks different for, you know, a corporate setting than a personal setting. But we would be a community of people that would find our way to worship in Jesus' name. Come on. And I've always loved to worship. We've always loved to worship. Worship is not something like we do. Worship is like, it's like, it's just, well, it is something that we do, but out of a desire to do it. And this was really important in our 12 that, you know what, we want to be a church, a community of people who love to worship. The next one is this. This one's important. Oh, they all are important, but I like this one. A community of friends who love to build church with friends. That we're not simply colleagues, acquaintances, boats that pass in the night. But we are a community of friends who love to build church with friends. Turn to your neighbor and say, you're my friend. (laughs) So you're going to become my friend. Okay, next. You'll like this one. A community of people who love fun, celebrate fun, and include others to have fun. There's a lot to be said to be around fun people. They do something for your soul. And uh, I want this to be a fun place to come. I want life groups to be a fun place to find ourselves. I want it to be a fun environment where we grow, where it helps us with the, the things in life that are hard and the things in life that are tough and gritty and mundane and complicated and confusing ah, with an injection of fun. It does so much good for our souls. So I know it sounds maybe a little unspiritual. If you've been here any mark of time, there's guaranteed to be like some quip, some joke in some ridicule from Dave towards someone. Not towards someone, but maybe. The people you love. Yes. But may we be a community full of fun 
Who doesn't love fun? Come on. And what I like on this line is includes others to have fun. I think that's important because sometimes we go off, we go off and have fun on ourselves by ourselves, and there's someone who behind who's not included in that fun, and they're going home to be on their own. Let's include others to have fun. If you're going out to have fun, hey, be inclusive of others to enjoy that fun with you. Okay, the next one is this. A community of people whose desire, who desire to share the gospel boldly in their locality and see people turn to Jesus. Okay, desire to share the gospel boldly. Boldness is key. We've been, we've been strategic with these words. Boldness. Another one, because when we, when we spoke about this with some of our team, we're like, gospel in there, in there. Where does it say? In there. It just read what it says, in their locality. And the reason we've done that is because sometimes we rely upon this building to be the only place where the gospel is shared. Well, if I can get my friend to Sunday morning service, if I can get them to Easter Friday service, if I get them to the Christmas spectacular, bingo, we've done it. That's cool. That's one of the options available to you. But I think the word of God is clear. I think the Bible is clear. I, think, I just think God is saying, hey, share Jesus in your locality, on your street, in your locality where you do life. And so we have a people of, who desire to share the gospel boldly in their locality. Okay, this next one is one that we've probably gone back and forth with, with the most and spoken to people about because I'm like, want to make sure this is right. But we're going to say it and I'm going to explain it. Okay, next one is this, number eight. A community of people who commit to see a young generation connect with God. Community of people who commit to see a young generation connect with God. Now, if you do not feel young, please know you are not being ignored. You are not being disregarded. You will not be unresourced or unsupported or unhelped. Okay? But there is a sense and a conviction that I think more than ever, we have to help young people connect with God. We have to help young people connect with God. Not at the expense of all other ages. Not at the expense of the elderly. Not at the expense of the middle-aged. <laughs> but I think it's important. And when I was chatting um, with... Uh, Dave Belfield, who's here this week tonight as well, who's come to listen and support us and just, you know, be here in the room. It was interesting because he was saying, you know what, you can be young in age and still be old. And you can be old in age and still be very young. Okay, and so don't don't see this as a don't see this, you know, as an as an ageist thing at all. Because we wanna we wanna help everyone connect with God. But there's definitely a conviction, and maybe it's come from the fact that we've been youth pastors for like Forever. 18 years, <laughs> however long it was. But when we're talking about a young generation, we're talking about kids, we're talking about youth, we're talking about young, and you decide where that ends. But really, creating a place where young people know that church, I'll be loved, I'll be accepted, there's going to be a great environment for me to thrive in. Because I remember being 14, 15 finding it really hard to find a church, to settle in a church. And at 13 to 18, well, before that probably, if your faith is going to be tested, guess what? It will probably be tested then. 
if it's going to be rocked, if things are going to come into your world, if pressures, if temptation, if everything, it's going to, it's going to bombard young people. It bombards older people, but it bombards young people sometimes at a place where they don't have necessarily the maturity, sometimes always the strength to deal with it and cope with it. Wouldn't it be awesome if we are a church where we see hundreds of young people flock and turn to God? Absolutely. A community of people who, by the way, there will be a test at the end. (laughs) A community of people who love to use their God-given creativity, gifting, and energy to impact the world. They are like specific words, creativity. Maybe you don't feel like creative, but you are gifted to impact your world. Maybe you don't feel like the most gifted, but you are going to impact your world and we're not going to be like laissez-faire about it we're not going to be just like chilled about it we're going to have an energy there's going to be an energy and you know I'd love to see an energy like deep within our soul that would just bubble up that would be a complete desire to say God whatever it is whether it's my skills whether it is my giftings whether it is my creativity but I have got an energy to see my world impacted Um, And I hope you leave today with a bit more energy than maybe you thought you would. I know you've got early mornings tomorrow. I know you've got busy weeks. I know there's all kinds of stuff going on. But actually that tonight you would get a glimpse of there's an energy stirring to impact my world. Amen. Next one, a community of people who feel empowered to thrive in their place of study, workplace and home. That your study, your place of work, your home is a sacred place. It is a God-created place. It is a divine place. It's not just a place you tolerate, but it is a place where you feel empowered to thrive in that space. A community of people who love and serve people to see God transform lives. You know, sometimes I think... um, Maybe in the Western church, we've almost been guilty about we, we apply these things to those people out there. But our greatest joy would be like to view it as two train tracks running parallel. That yes, we impact our city, but actually for you and for me, that this would be a place where this is run true to me. That I would be able to see God transforming my life and for my kids and for my marriage and for my dreams and for my insecurities and for my desires and for my complexities and for my humanity. But I would be able to be part of a community, not just so transfixed on, on you know, them out there, but actually together we would be able to be part of a community that sees God transform our lives as much as he transforms other people's lives. That you would find yourself in a community that that breeds fire and breeds energy and breeds passion into the things that you're going through as well. That your marriage would be stronger as a result of being plugged into this community. That your kids would thrive in an incredible way as a result of being plugged into this community. That this isn't just all about the people who are not yet part of a church, but it's for you and it's for me. That I would be transformed by being in this community. Come on, number 12. And those who are in our city who you have a heart to see lives transform. You walk past them, you might see them, you might speak to them, you're like, something needs to change. Let's be a church which helps bring that. 
And last one, final one of the 12, a community of people who believe God can do the impossible. Okay. A community of people who believe God can do the impossible. That is a raising of our faith to believe, sure, with our skills and our hands, we might be able to do so much, but you know what? God can move a mountain. Believe for the impossible. Let's just not believe for what we've always seen, what we have, and go, we're happy with what it is. Sure, there'd be a contentment, but a contentment that says, but God, we also believe you can do, you can do the absolute impossible. So they are, they are the 12 things that we want to pursue as a church. And what we will do at the end of February, because we're going to do one at the end, we're going to do a soul night tonight, obviously, and then one at the end of Mar- uh, February, 23rd of th- February. And then, uh, is that the right date? 23rd, I think, of February, and then 23rd of March. So it's the last Wednesday of each month. That, that date might be wrong. But we want to connect these pursuits into the activities, into the programs, but more importantly, into the DNA of our church. That they're not just things on a screen, but how do we take what's on a screen and plug that into the DNA of our church? So you start to see that becoming active. And so you might ask a couple of questions. You might ask yourself this question. So what's changed? Okay. Other than the name and a few good things on the screen, what has changed? It's a good question. And some of you might be leaving here tonight going, I wonder what's changed? What's changed? So every church around the world really is about gathering and empowering the saints to follow Jesus. Every church has that same aim and has that same mission, I suppose, really, to gather the saints and empower the saints to follow Jesus. I suppose what happens is we get distracted, we lose focus, we sometimes become fleshy. You know what I mean by that? Just kind of, kind of what we want, what I want. And so when we talk about what's changed, we're really not creating a new church. I think our job is to reconnect our new church with the original church that Jesus said he would build. Looking at the Bible for our blueprint. We're not really creating anything new. I think really what we're doing is we are connecting what God has built through us and reconnecting that with what God really desired or what Jesus really meant when he said, I will build my church. And the gates of hell will not prevail against it. The reality is we'll probably keep singing many of the same songs that we sing. My preaching and absolute preaching and Stu and Ty or whoever communicates the word of God here will probably communicate in a very similar way. Our stage and our coffee and those things, guess what? They will probably remain the same. In terms of your experience might actually feel quite similar to what it is now, to what it might be then and the reality is we can't change who we are well we can but we are obviously we've established this church with who we are over the years and so you know God will keep tweaking us and changing us I'm sure but really what I'm trying to say is it's more about bringing clarity and it's about bringing focus and the ability to run and the ability to fly as a church knowing where we're heading and knowing what we've got to do Attaching it to our vision, we are a church for the city. Attaching it to our values, we are about Jesus, we are about people, we are about the word, we are about community. And allowing that to get on the wheels of the pursuit of what we are as a church. That is probably how you will notice change. And you'll be able to see it and hopefully begin to identify it. And hopefully it will be a blessing to you. Second question you might ask is this, what's expected of me? 
Because you might sit here and go, well, this is all good. You guys do it. Crack on. I'll applaud you and I'll wave you and I'll give you a like on Instagram. Um, but we need more than that. What is expected of me? I think what it's always been, what we communicated a couple of years ago, we want to build a church which is full of heart and hands. Heart and hands. Your heart is your passion. It's your love. It's your prayer. It is your amen. Your hands is what only you can really give. It is your uniqueness, your distinctness, the gift that God has placed on your life uniquely to you. We want to be a church, the sacrifice of many hands, hands that make a difference with time, hands that make a difference with your finance maybe, hands that make a difference with your words, hands that make a difference with what God has placed in you for such a time as this. And so what is expected of me? It is your heart to say, I'm full of passion and I'm full of love and I'm full of prayer and my amen is here and my hands are here to do the work of God. I think that's what's expected, not just of you, but of us, but of all of us who call call ourselves followers of Jesus in the kingdom of God. So question, who's in? Who's in? Can we say amen together? Can we say a big amen together? Come on, let's give a round of applause to God for everything he has shared through us tonight. I'm going to pray and then Ty is just going to come up. Have we got any questions, Ty? We've got a few. So I'm just going to pray. Would you just close your eyes and we're going to pray and then we're going to do some questions. I'm going to sing one song and then we're going to, a couple of people are going to pray at the end and then we'll be finished. Okay, so we won't be long at all. God, we just cement, we confirm and we agree everything that has been spoken tonight. God, we affirm it in the name of Jesus and we say, may there be a great amen upon it. God, maybe if there are things where we've not got it quite right, help us and adjust that. May we be open to your word and to your spirit. But God, I pray that everything that we have communicated tonight wouldn't just be words on a screen or words on a paper, but it become word that becomes flesh. That it may dwell within us a heart and a passion to see people turn to Jesus. And I pray everything that is in our heart as a church, as a collective. God, I pray it begins to burn like fire. God, I pray it begins to fan into flame the gift of God that is on everybody's life in this place. That the next few years, decades of our lives, God, we might look back and go, look what the Lord has done. May it be only because of you. You are a miraculous God. You are the impossible working God. And God, I pray that you would, we would be uh, humble enough for you to use us. God, that we would be ready enough and and available for you to to use us in what you want to do in this part of the world. And so we say thank you. And God, we speak faith. And God, we speak the blessing of God over everything that has been shared tonight. In Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Awesome.